Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Kevin Kehoe. He's the CEO at Everett Gold Corp, TSXV, listed gold explorer of assets in BC, also down in Nevada. We talked to them about their recent race and their plans for that money, how they're allocating it, and where they're going to create some value. Share prices come off, and he talks to us about what he's going to do about that. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversations, topics discussed, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including gold on our weekly shows. There are training courses on there to help you with your own diligence process. And we do summaries of all the interviews that we do to save you some time, because we know you're busy. Uh, and if you do want to join a thriving community of investors, sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse, you can join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Kevin, how are you, sir? Pretty good, Matt. Good to see you again, of course. Long time. Last May. Yeah. Has been a full year, and uh, I think there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, so we've got a lot to talk about. Good, 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 good. And how have you been keeping? With How are you? You still like Well, that? like everybody, I, I haven't exactly enjoyed the last year. In many ways, it's been easier to do business, hasn't it? But I... I've not actually enjoyed being away from the crowds. I like the hub up of those shows. There's been none of that, right? And I think that's true for a lot of people. We used to complain about the shows, you know, how crazy busy and tight, but you know, you actually miss things about those shows. So I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Like an addict that you are. I am. That's true. <laughs> hey, well, like, um, thanks for coming back on the show. I want to see what was going on there. Um, why don't you, before we get into it, why don't you give people a reminder of what it is that you are with a one-minute overview, and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, we're a gold, or we're, well, let's call it a metal exploration company. Our focus is gold, silver. We happen to find some copper in the big saddle play up in northern BC, saddle gold. So it's gold, silver, and uh, that's our focus. Canada, primarily northern BC, Golden Triangle, Tudigan, north of Benchmark. Um, and then we picked up a property in Nevada not long ago called Rockland. All three of these deposits, these uh, all three of these properties are similar in character. They're epithermal systems. So basically high-grade gold, silver is generally what we're looking for there. Uh, fairly new company, well capitalized, and a very good team of people. Um, we've been through the ups and downs in this business. Yeah, you, you definitely have been through the ups and downs. I think last time we spoke was around the beginning of May. Stock shot up 30% after the interview, kept going till July, and then it's been a steady decline down now to, you know, whatever it is, 28 cents. What's been going on? Well, we're back, of course, to where we started. We did our IPO in 2019. And um, so we're back there now. If you ask me, I'm not totally surprised. Uh, to give you an example, um, a, lot of, a lot of early stage investors don't really understand how volatile this business is. And a lot of them kind of think that you can guarantee a discovery of merit that'll get the stock out the door and hold it up there indefinitely once it gets up there. That's usually not what happens. Even if you discover something in your first kick at the can, 
that's really exceptional. And usually geologists know in the field whether what they found has the wherewithal to become a mine. They know that fairly fairly soon because of the widths and, and grades, but it still won't prevent you often going right back to where you were. Now, we did not discover last year, we did not deliver rather results that were exceptional enough to drive us to several dollars. We did that with the GT Gold saddle discovery in 2017, which you might've noted, Newmont just bought them out a week ago. I set up that company Charlie Gregg and I led the exploration. We knew in our first phase of drilling that we had a discovery of merit that could become a mine. And that's actually, it's gonna be a huge mine and a very long life rich mine. And it's not far from a highway. So, but that's, that drove us to about $2.80. And we went right back over the next several months to 45 cents. That's where we started with GT before delivering the results. So here we are at Evergold. We actually did deliver a couple of very promising, um, on the one hand, it's a green field discovery, the saddle, uh, the snowball prospect. It's uh, right in the heart of the traditional golden triangle. And it's genuinely new. It's on top of the mountain way up there. Shows all the promise of being in place for a long way down. It's kind of discovery, you know, that the golden triangle is built on. And over at Golden Line, we demonstrated with the drilling that we have a huge gold zone in place there, and we think it's sitting on something better. So the intercepts that we delivered from both those projects didn't really set the market on fire, right? We didn't deliver what the market wanted, which would probably be, you know, tens of meters of genuine high grade. We got high grade, we got tens of meters, but the tens of meters was low grade. So. I guess um, the only other point I'd make relevant to this is usually we hope to have two phases at least in our first kick at the can. On um, both those projects, it was our first kick at the can because you always face a lot of challenges, just practical challenges, weather and other things, you know, um, when you set out. And we got two phases with GT and Saddle several years ago. It was really the second phase where we blew it open in terms of Saddle North discovery. Um, we didn't get a second phase at either Golden Line or Snowball last year. We had one phase only and not much in the way of meters really in the grand scheme of things. We think we learned enough from that first phase to really get much better on the next go around. And that much better in, in a, a year where things worked out better would have occurred last year. So we're trying to do soon what we had hoped maybe to get to doing last year, but just couldn't quite get there. Couldn't get there, why? Because of a couple of things. Our timing was bad. We got started later in the season. The weather was horrible at Snowball. We hadn't actually drilled there before, but it wasn't just the weather. Um, well, just briefly on the weather to give you an idea what happens. Have you ever been to uh, Cape Town, South Africa? I have, yes. So, you know, the Table Mountain phenomena, they've got the, the devil's blanket. Yep. It's flat, but on a clear day, there will be a blanket of fog in the lee side of that mountain. Usually there is, they call it the devil's blanket, right? Anyway, and there's an interesting story about that. I won't go there. Um, we had a similar phenomenon at Snowball. 
where it would be clear for miles around, even though it is a miserable kind of weather part of the world, but it would be clear on those lovely days where normally you'd fly, there'd be that whole top of the mountain fogged in because there's a glacier in the lee of it. So it prevented basically our flying, like we could not fly for days on end up there. The drillers would get stuck up in their survival shack for 36 hours straight. So our productivity was half of what we had hoped it would be. The rock was also very weathered. And so it was a struggle. And then the assays were really, really bad. So we just couldn't get there. And that affected our ability to finance, right? We was saddled at GT a few years ago. We did the same thing. We had a phase one program and we delivered sufficiently good results that we were able to finance a second phase right in the middle of the summer. We weren't able to do that with either, well, with Evergold, you know. So, um, you know, I'm philosophical about it. I mean, you do know you're going to face these challenges. I just, I, we, we face more than we thought. And over Golden Line, it took us longer to get our camp in place than we thought it would, because it's more remote, that property. And, um, but the camp is there now, it's ready to go. Right. That sounds like a whole bunch of excuses to me. The weather, the weather hasn't changed in those areas. You must've known what you were getting into. You must've, are you like, so g- give me, give me the solutions that you're gonna come up with, because you talk about, you, kn- you knew at GT, phase one, we knew we had something there. And we did. You've done phase one here. You you feel that you know enough now about how you should perhaps tackle it in phase two, right? Which which is great. But where's the confidence? Where's the confidence coming from that you're going to get it right now with this new money that you got? You raised some money in February, right? A lot of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, we did. And in fact, that should inspire some confidence as well because we raised that very quickly, and it was a bought bought deal, right? Um, we didn't do any bot deals before. That one did. So, it, and we have now got about 33% institutional ownership, which is rather unusual for a very early stage micro cap company like this, right? So, why we did it, going back to what you're saying before, yeah, you know, it doesn't, all of those things are excuses. Um, in fairness to the people who manage these companies, there are some things you don't, you cannot predict ahead of time, like the quality of the rock is one thing. No one's ever drilled it. You just don't know what your actual meterage rates are going to be, you know? So, you know, when we did discover and we did deliver results of merit last year, what we delivered were not, those results were not enough to make it evident to the market that there could be a mine. Yeah. So I guess what we're looking for now and what we did deliver and what we're going to build on in the current year is the fact that we've got high grade results. We've got a big system in place at both Snowball and at Golden Line. To give you an example of that at Snowball, we're at the highest elevations on the whole property. We're right on top. If anybody wants to go and look at the videos, They can see the pad on top of the mountain. We've got hundreds of meters of elevation below us. 
to drill. It's virgin and we're on top with high grade. So we expect we're going to get better widths, maybe very strong widths and better intercept uh, grades as well coming from there. Over at Golden Line, again, we've shown the market this in our presentations. I update those regularly. We have a big gold zone and it's been drilled by ourselves and Newmont way back when. It's 800 meters long, this zone. It's been drilled. But the geophysics we did is really exciting because it shows that the best geophysical response is below where anybody is drilled, which means that's the immediate target for our next phase. And if we had known about that last year, which we didn't because we didn't get the geophysics finished till early September, we would have been drilling it last year. Let, let, let's talk about what you think, because I'm looking, I'm looking for reasons to buy this thing, okay? Because it's 9 million market cap, okay? Half of what it was when we spoke a year ago and probably a third of what it was from the highs of last year, okay? So I'm either trying to work out whether I should be walking, running away from this thing or running towards it, right? So talk to me about what you're going to do with the money precisely at Golden Line and Snowball, because I noticed you picked up Rockland, and I'm again, I'm trying to work out, have you bought that because you know something about uh, Snowball and Golden Lion that you don't like, and you're trying to give yourself some optionality or, or, or what? So maybe we'll come on to Rockland in a second. So tell us, what are you going to do with the cash? Where is it being allocated? Yeah, the bulk of the cash we raised is going to Snowball and Golden Lion. And to give you an idea, we've got uh, about, they're roughly similar programs. We've got about 1,500 meter or $1.5 million going into both Snowball and Golden Line. That is 3 million in total, right? 3 million. That'll be roughly two and a half thousand meters of drilling into both, right? And it'll be targeted very specifically. Last year, we had more of a broad brushed approach. We didn't quite know where we'd get the best response. And going to Snowball again, Last year, we didn't, you know, we were very limited where we could drill up there, if you've seen the extreme topography. This year, we know where we can drill, we can put new pads in. So we're going to start with probably about four pads at Snowball, and it'll be down mountain focused on this area where we just released results from. You know, a few weeks ago, we put out very high grade rock and soil samples. Uh, we basically put our finger after the season closed last year, drilling. After the drilling season stopped, we went back to Snowball and we trenched into the side of the Pyramid Peak. We actually found disseminated material in, encapsulating high-grade veins, which promises to give us much better widths and grades than we got last year. That may be the sweet spot. Right, it's the sweet spot's really what we're all looking for in these systems, right? And you never quite know where you're going to get it. So we may have found it, it appears we have. And if so, we're going to try to follow it to depth. And that could get very exciting. Over at Golden Line, I mentioned already that we did the geophysics and anybody viewing your, your um, show today can see that, right? They can go and see what I'm talking about, but basically, there's a very sweet looking, strong chargeability and resistivity anomaly 
that's just below the historical drilling. It's very evident on the section views that we couple the geophysics with the drill results, right? That's the immediate target. We think that may be the core of the epithermal system down there. Now we could be wrong. You know, it's not a totally risk-free game, as you know, but it's actually the work we did last year has given us very crisp targets to focus on this year. Um, just flipping over now to Rockland because it's relevant. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, there is some optionality in that, right? Um, we are very limited seasonally in Northern BC, right? Everybody knows it. Uh, Nevada is a good place to work, uh, both because of the weather, but also because it's very welcoming of this sort of work. But I have to tell you also honestly that we didn't actually buy it for that reason. What happened was in August, our key technical guy, Charlie Grave, Charlie was down there on other business for another company. And one of our directors, Darwin Green, who's with High Gold, Darwin actually knew the vendor of this property. And he had, and so, and he liked it. He was thinking of High Gold, right? But they had other things. So he sent Charlie by to have a look at it or suggested Charlie go. And Charlie liked it a lot too. And I wasn't keen initially. I don't like to get off into other, into other things. Um, but, you know, I looked at it and I, I thought, you know, it's pretty similar to Golden Lime because it's got a big drilled gold zone on it. And BHP had it, right? Newmont's been involved or BHP in all these places. It's drilled, it's 800. But they, where the real upside at, at uh, Rockland is, it's got a really strong arsenic and um, antimony, trace element, gold, silver, halo, or signature, we think it's sitting on top of an untouched Midas style or sleeper mine style high grade down in Nevada, they call them bonanza plays, right? It, it shows the hallmarks of being that halo over an untested high grade system. So we're going after high grade there and that, 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 Gold zone at Rockland, I talked about, it's not evident on surface. So it's not a bulk tonnage thing or anything. It's down about 150 meters. So there's no, there's no chemistry on surface that would show it's there. It was drilled because of the alteration and um, there was evident on surface. So that's exciting because we think the system's preserved, but we don't need to do much on that property this year in terms of the money. I budgeted about 400,000 for it. We're already doing work in terms, we've got really good data, which is another, it's hard to get good data on Nevada plays because you know every Tom, Dick and Harry's got their own data set and they're all dispersed all over the place. So we happen to have almost all the historical data and have already worked and done our modeling on that stuff. So we're just getting into the permitting process. It won't be until sometime next year that we drill it. Okay, fine. So how much did you pay for it or how did you pay for it? Well, it was a five-year deal, right? Uh, staged payments of cash, uh, um, also a royalty. You know, you've got me on the numbers right now. I'd have to public, double check. But basically, it's several million dollars in cash over a period of time and uh, payments of shares as well. Right. But the, that comes in years two, three, four, and five. Right, so Very, you've got 400,000 bucks you're spending on it. 
between now and some point next year when you decide where where and when and how much to spend on drilling. So let's let's come yeah. back to the Golden Lion snowball component. How you've told us how much you're going to spend, how many meters you're going to drill. So three, you know, three million bucks uh, worth there, and you raised eight million. How much how much cash will you have left? Yeah, well, you know, the uh, agents and everyone take their share, and so we have seven and a half million right now, and um, I've allocated that after the initial phase of work. I mean, maybe we get lucky and we really hit it in the first few holes and don't even have to do two and a half. Like, I mean, to hit these targets, we don't have to drill two and a half thousand meters. I mean, we could hit if there if the juice is there, we could hit on our first holes. Um, in any event, we have allocated about two and a half million dollars just as a set aside. So we really in, in encompassing even GNA, our GNA. Uh, last year amounted about 70,000 a month, right? 70,000 a month, which is very low for if you compare that to the bulk of our peers. And I'm talking about everything, right? I'm talking about office costs. I'm talking about marketing, IR, travel, all of it. Um, 70,000 a month. Well, we budgeted, you know, 100,000 for the current year. So we've set aside 1.2 million for you know 12 months is uh, just put that aside 3 million on the expiration for golden line and snowball 400,000 you know down in the united states and then basically we've got another 2 million above that which takes us to over 7 million that we will just sit on and see what happens and it'll be deployed to a second or ramping up the programs that are coming this summer if the results warrant Right. I know you're a good geologist. Geologist. I've been told you're a good geologist. But do you feel that with the market cap where is share price having done what it's done for the last nine months, you're going to have to stop behaving like a geologist and start getting a bit cute with the market? I'm talking about giving them the headlines that they do want. Do smaller step outs from your high grade discoveries. Do do give them the head, the market the the numbers that they require just to be listened to because there's a sea of noise out there which are delivering better headlines than you. Yeah, and you do need to be skeptical of some of those other headlines because uh, I've seen a lot of stocks flying like you know if you're hot in in uh, rare earths or lithium or this that a lot of those companies have a lot less than we've got. I, they've not done anything. They've not drilled. They don't have uh, zones. We have gold zones and silver zones that are in place on these properties that have been drilled. So what have you got and, to do? What have you got to do? You've well, got to, you got to we, get noticed. We, you know what we need to do? The only thing you can ever do in this business, you've got to deliver great intercepts that have that sweet combination of width and grade, you know, gram meters. And that can be like, gram meters, you gotta be delivering numbers that are over 100, right? 130, maybe, you know, 500, 700, with some consistency, right? That's what you gotta do. And um, that's what we're gonna try to do. We, we have a sense from the work last year that we are just sniffing the fringes and now we've got to get and burrow into the heart of it, right? And then, by the way, I'm not the world's greatest geologist. I 
your people shouldn't think that. Uh, yes, I'm a geologist, but really, you know, I, I spend most of my career bird dogging deals in the investment banking world. And so it's mainly been marketing and selling. And the thing I can tell you, though, about, about this business, uh, you, can't, you, you can't kind of artificially create numbers and those numbers out there hyped and think that that's going to sustain your effort. Maybe people who are foolish will buy that, buy that pitch. But, you know, it doesn't get you far. People can pick up on hype and they can pick up on all that glorious, exceptional, wonderful language that is used. It's frankly bullshit and people can read most of it pretty quickly. So, you know, I tell people that uh, this is a really high risk, very volatile little business we're in. Even if you've got really good people and honest people, the stocks will be very volatile. I'm not sure to what degree a lot of people really pay attention to the to what you tell them, right? Or to to really um, uh, because I get questions from investors which indicate they just they just don't get it. Like I mean, they don't understand what they're really buying into. So to give you an example, uh, Matt, I tell people honestly with these early stage stories. Right now with Evergold is a good time to get in because we are low, because it's the beginning of the new cycle, because there's going to be marketing and all of that's you know, ramping up now, partly with the proceeds of the last financing, which is why I'm speaking to you. All of that's ramping up. We've got our money and we're going to be drilling for the only thing that counts, better results. Right. So there's a, a good prospect that we and we always seem to go up even ahead of the drilling. So you buy now. If we get up there, I always encourage them to take some money off the table before the drill results come out, because we can't guarantee what they are. Even if we're excited in the field, even if we're excited in the field and can see good looking stuff um, and can see it with XRF values and things. You know, you're so often disappointed, right? It like gold, gold can be there, but it may not be in that wonderful looking intercept, right? So you have to be cautious. Um, so I tell them, take some off, re recapture your capital, your outlay at that point, and let the rest ride. If you're feeling good, let it ride. Because yeah, if we do hit, then yes, we've demonstrated. It's been true in all the plays I've ever been involved with, all of them that if you do achieve results that are significant, you will go much higher and much higher faster. But don't count on getting those results for certainty. If you do capture a profit, take some of it, especially get your capital, your capital back before the news comes. And don't put too much of your money into any one of these little stocks. You know? Okay, so, so talk to me about some of the things you can control. The weather, you can't. Assays. You can do more, can't you? You can't sit around and wait for assay results. You know, we're, uh, one thing I haven't mentioned we're going to try this summer, actually, it comes back to what you were saying before about uh, what can you do to really give the market maybe more sooner? We thought about that, yes, over the winter, but, you know, you've got to think about what can you do that's, that's uh, real results as opposed to just hyped air. Um, 
We are actually going to deploy this summer one of these little drills. Uh, it's in parlance of the industry, they call them backpack drills, but they actually give you real core. Now they won't give you too much core. Uh, they'll give you, you know, 10, 15 meters of core, that sort of thing. But why that's important is like in a place like Snowball, where it's very precipitous, every drill site has to be built. You got to build a pad and it takes time. And then when you put the big drill on, usually the way it works is you drill a 100, 150 meter hole, maybe 300 meter, depending on where you're going. Usually the system works that you drill the whole hole, then you get the hole cut and sampled in the field. And it generally goes off as a, as a hole to the lab, and then you wait for the results back for the whole hole from the lab. So there's a big hole, it just delays everything. So the idea we've had with reference to the sweet spot, I was telling you that we think we may have put our finger on it uh, at Snowball, we're going to try to hit it with the little drill right out the gate while we get the big pads built. And uh, this is also true at Golden Line, where we've got some really juicy stuff. Uh, it is exciting up there. Golden Line uh, looks better than it did this time last year, but we're going to try to turn around. You can imagine if we can put out, deliver a short hole in a day or two, we ship that right off to the lab and get our results back that fast, right? We'll put them on rush if need be, just to get the real news cycle kicked in before the big drills come on, right? So it'll just boost that flow. And uh, that should deliver some pretty darn good results, I think, because the rock, the rock that will be drilled are some of these, uh, some of the rock outcrops that we just talked about in the news. Okay. So, so, yeah. so, so leave me with a few thoughts, if you don't mind, Kevin, which is, like I say, if I'm, look, I'm looking at, if I look at just the basics of your performance of the last 12 months, I'm looking at your market mm -hmm. cap, I'm looking at fundamentals, you know, you've got some cash and you've got three, three different targets. There's, there's a bunch of companies in the same position that it feels like. And for me to kind of wade my way through this white noise, this sea of noise, um, all saying the same thing. What am I buying into from you guys? Why should I be putting my money in your company? Well, I would say, firstly, if you're looking to put money in, it should be a money into several, but not too many, but several little players like us. And you should be looking for people, a team, and you've got to have a team. The team has to be good because you can't get with the industry being as busy as you say it is, as we know it is, all that white noise out there, uh, to get things done in a timely way, to get almost anything, you got to have the connections and reputation. And we have that. Uh, to get drills, to get aircraft, all of that. We have it all. We can get it when we need it. So... Um, you want to put it in because we have the team. We have also delivered massive discoveries before. And the saddle, again, looping back, Newmont has just bought out GT Gold. And they paid, what was it, three, I think it works out actually to more like 365 a share, actually, when you factor in all the warrants and everything else. 
Um, they just bought them out. In, in my view, they, they could easily have paid double that, but I won't go there for the time being. Um, so we have the team, we have the money. Um, what more can I really say? We have the properties, obviously, uh, in the prime geological real estate, but everybody claims to have that, but we do. And we know what we're doing. We're not Johnny come lately. That's another thing. Honestly, you got to look at these people. Who's coming into these companies? How are they creating those companies? Are they through these SPACs? I laugh at the SPAC business. SPAC is just a CPC, right? We've used CPCs in Canada for years, right? That's all a SPAC is. But anyway, you're attracting all kinds of people who don't know a hill of beans about this business. We're only into this business now because it's hot. They all want to make a lot of money. Well, they should. That's fine. I, I don't mind anybody want to make a lot of money. Um, but the point is they're not doing it because they really have deep connections in the industry or really, you know, they'll be gone as soon as the industry melts down. And this industry does melt down periodically, right? The big ups and downs. So, um, that's all I can say. Avoid the Johnny come lately. Is a team that's done it before that does have good geological real estate that maybe has some results in the ground that drill. It's not just a hope machine, um, although hope is a big part of it. But you know, <laughs> does that does that address? How else would I differentiate ourselves? Well, we're honest guys and gals, a lot of gals in this business now, I gotta tell you. And um, probably a few dishonest ones too. <laughs> There's a lot of dishonest ones. Um, Kevin, lovely to catch up with you. Um, I appreciate you coming on and telling us the story. I, I'm really happy that you've got the money to do the stuff that you need to do and want to do. Stay in touch with us, let us know how you get on with that that program that you're uh, rolling out. When does it actually kick off? When, when does that drilling start, do you think? Well, uh, better than last year. We'll be going, uh, we hope to be drilling by June 15th on Golden Line. And so to give you an example of how we're able to work things with contractors, um, we've got the same contractor doing both projects. That's what we're asking for. They will put one drill on Golden Line, and we'll have one crew, and so we'll do Golden Line first, leave the drill there, we do the first program there, leave the drill on site, ready to go, go over to Snowball. So Snowball drilling will start in the last, probably say around the 25th or so of July. And we're, that's later than last year because we did learn about the weather phenomena, local, lo localized weather phenomena, Clearly, the weather is best in July, uh, sorry, in uh, August and September on Snowball. So we do Snowball, and then we go back to Golden Line. If Golden Line results are really looking good, because so we get going, and hopefully that earlier start over there, too. We get good, quick results. We get them into the lab fast. We put them on rush. Last year, Matt, they stopped taking rush. The labs wouldn't take rush after about the 5th of August, just stop everything. We had one sample, one hole, I think, we managed to get in and rush, turned it around in two weeks, then it all stopped. Dead, yeah. 
So uh, that's what we'll do. And by the way, we'll be working on both properties regardless ahead of time. As I said, with the little drill, we'll get going. So I should differentiate there. We'll try to get the little drill underway, hmm, maybe early, early July, actually, over at Snowball. We'll get it underway maybe even ahead of June 15th over a golden line, right? So that's the little drill versus the big one. So, and we'll be doing more geophysics. Uh, that was very effective at Golden Line last year. We tightened up the lines and then we tightened up the spacing along the lines. And that just made the, it just gave you much better definition on the, it helps you sort out, separate the noise from the good stuff, right? By getting your density up like that. We'll be doing more. And by the way, there is something we didn't actually mention before we go, I will, over at the Golden Line. You know, we've been focused on the GL1 main target there, which was the historical Newmont zone. And that's a really substantial zone. Uh, that's the one where we think it may be better just for great, just down dip a bit at about 150 meter level. So this would be a high grade route to what's going on on surface. But just 800 meters to the north, we have a developing prospect called GL1 North Ridge. And it's a grass covered ridge, which is carrying very high gold and silver and soils, as well as other trace elements, you know, up to 15 grams per ton gold in the soils. And it's real soil, not talisfying. It's grass covered up there. And we, we add, this is the hole I mentioned before that we actually drilled this thing last summer. We want a results back for it. That's actually, that result may come in, uh, well, depends on the labs, but we should, I hope, have that in June. Well, June, yeah. But now I'm not saying we don't know. I'm not expecting that hole to be blowout necessarily. Uh, we just don't know. Um, like our first hole at Saddle North a few years ago, the guys kind of dumped on it. It didn't look that hot. But when the results came back, we could see, and it was a vertical hole, the assays sample to sample were going up all the way down the hole from sub-economic to, you know, marginally economic to economic, and then into pretty good looking, right? And that was a 250 meter vertical hole there. They didn't even log the last 40 meters of the hole. It was snowing. They didn't log it in the field. They kind of blew it off. They didn't even sample it until months after the fact, right? That was the discovery hole for Saddle North. Okay, so over at uh, Golden Line, GL1 North Ridge, the golden soil anomalies, it, it's blossomed further since we even drilled that hole. We did a lot more sampling. We're going to go over there, do more detailed geophysics. We're going to get the results of that hole. We may have actually drilled it the wrong way too, so we'll get that. That that's every bit as big as a prospect as GL1 main is. Yeah. And by the way, they're busy. I hear talk that they're putting a bridge across the Tudigan River, which is between us and Benchmark. Um, I don't know if you've interviewed Benchmark. We have, you we have, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's probably a bridge going in there, temporary bridge at least. There used mm -hmm. to be one. We can now get, if that comes in, we'll be able to get to within something like 19 kilometers, even closer driving. 
at the minute it's about 25 kilometers as the uh, pie chopper from benchmark to our site. But they used to be able to drive there years ago. Right. So a lot, <laughs> lot going on. Lot going on. Like I say, stay in touch. Let us know as things progress. If you get some interesting uh, numbers coming back from the assay, uh, we'd be delighted to uh, pick up the phone and, and uh, take your call. Okay, Kevin, appreciate well, it. Well, thanks, thanks, Matt. I'll do that for sure. And we'll be we'll be working hard for shareholders. I'm a big shareholder, and we know what we got to do. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.